When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So recently, some people have asked me to teach them how to banter and give them banter lessons, and also if I would write an opening line to a lady on a dating app for them. And then I realized, whoa, I should be doing this for a lot of people, not just a couple people. So if you guys are interested in getting my help, learning how to banter, learning how to stand out from all the other dudes who are using openers like, hey, how's your Monday shaping up? And wow, you're beautiful. Because... So many women hear that, and I'm going to help you not do that. So find me on this really cool new app called Instant Go. It's an app that allows you to get advice from professionals in a million different fields, and I'm one of them. So go there to instantgo.com slash Kristen Carney. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-C-A-R-N-E-Y, and hit me up for some help. We'll help you get the ladies, or at least a date. We will definitely get you a date. So come find me on instantgo.com slash Kristen Carney. Coming up on the Ask Women podcast, we have a specialist in studio with us who's going to talk to us about how to tell stories. It's pretty important to be able to tell a story and to learn how to invoke certain feelings out of the women that you are telling these stories to. Telling stories makes you more charming, makes you more attractive, and gives lots of space for a woman to find you super interesting. So you're definitely going to want to pay attention and watch this episode. Make sure to bring a pen and paper with you to listen to this episode because you're going to want to write notes down and practice everything that Jeff, our specialist, says. So keep listening. with myself, Kristen Carney, and Marnie Kinris, who is the owner of wingirlmethod.com. You guys know all of that by now. And here with us, as usual, I don't even know our guest's name. My name I'd is like to Jeff. keep it, it mysterious. <laughs> yes, it's very, very special. It's that like way. a first date, therefore I can put you into a situation oh, no, that don't is make, representative. Don't put that pressure on me. Yeah. No, not for you, it's for <laughs> Kristen. I like her oh, to be yeah. under pressure, so it's good. But yes, it's Jeff. Jeff is here to talk to us about storytelling. Storytelling and, and being a, a great conversationalist. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So what makes you so great at storytelling and being What a makes great me so great at yes. oh, I don't know that I'm so great at it, but I do know that I've done the deep dive as to sort of figuring out how it works, sort of reverse engineering the process of building a story and storytelling. So cut to 20-something years ago, I moved to Australia from my hometown of L.A., and I was in Australia trying to make little independent films. I'm an independent producer uh, Why Australia? Did you see an opening there or something? Well, so I have an affinity for kangaroos, I get. No, I don't. Yeah. I, I actually met a guy. This is a whole in, other episode, yeah. <laughs> I'm a fetishes. We don't like to talk about those things yeah. in public companies. Crocodile Dundee yeah. came out and you're like, I got to go there. I have to. I love the accent. No, it's, I, so I met I feel a, like that happened to a lot of people. They're like, I have to go down to yeah. that place. This year's a it's knife. It's true. <laughs> yeah, do accents clearly. But so I, I, I couldn't, uh, I, I, I was acting and making short films and all that sort of stuff in Los Angeles and my, and my, 
you can go a little tighter on the mic. Okay, so uh, so I was trying to so I was trying to uh, you know make films and and act and all that sort of stuff. I met a guy in uh, L.A. who was an Australian guy, and so he stayed with my girlfriend and I for like a month before he went back to Australia. And so he said, "Hey, if you're ever in Australia, you got a place to stay." Blah blah blah. So when I split up with my girlfriend, I was like, hey, I should go see the world and... <laughs> and take you up on your offer. Yeah, like what, what cooler place to go to start your sort of world adventure than uh, going to Australia. So I moved to Australia. And when I was there, I got there. I ended up moving to New Zealand because there was a job offer in New Zealand. And, and next thing you know, I'm sitting in New Zealand going, what am I doing in New Zealand? I'm sort of so far away from the film industry that I know and have spent 15 years of my life in and all that sort of thing. And so, uh, so I decided that I was going to write a script and make a little movie with a friend of mine in Australia. And we did that. Um, took about seven years before we abandoned that project because <laughs> ran out of money and it mm-hmm. became... The denials that uh, It all just We can apart. do it, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But so when we thought we were close to finishing, I started looking for other scripts to produce. And uh, this started, I got about 300 scripts in and looked through all of them, spent six months reading every word of every script because I was bound and determined to respect the writer. That literally yeah. sounds like hell, like it, actual hell. But it literally was. Yes. But we're not <laughs> readers. That's why it sounds like hell. I, no, I read before, when I first moved to LA, I had an internship for a couple of weeks at a uh, independent production company and I oh you were reading scripts yeah and I was reading scripts and it was like it was so painful because it was like so terrible but I felt so bad chucking this thing in the garbage yeah. that this person poured their heart and soul into unfortunately their soul sucked so it's like we- gotta throw it <laughs> out. No, it is so interesting that in dating you don't feel that same sort of <laughs> Like, heart for that person. Yeah, because there's a know- face attached. It's an annoying-looking face. Yeah. It's easier to turn down an annoying-looking face. But it is funny because you have a lot of, like, same thing on Tinder. You have a lot of guys who are being thrown at you where you're like, eh, this isn't right, this isn't working, this isn't, like, flowing the way I want it to. But when you do find that great script or that great person yeah. that you connect with, then bingo, you've got something. Absolutely. And unfortunately, if you're sort of looking and looking and looking through 306 months and you find nothing, what do you do? So my idea was to try to solve that problem and sort of reverse engineer the process of, okay, you've got a good idea. How do we turn that into not just a screenplay? Because anybody can do that. Just buy some formatting software and bang something out. And that's what everybody does, by the way. But what that does nothing for someone like me who needs to then go package it and try to find the right elements, get a director excited about making it and investors to actually put real money into it. So how do the people write something that I can then produce? So I went down that road and I sort of reverse engineered that process and eventually started teaching screenwriting and eventually started teaching, eventually built a system online where writers start at one Which is end. Called? It's called Fast Screenplay. And they start at one end, and they every single day get a new sort of full immersion step. And as they do, we develop the skills and develop the process and develop their project all the way through with an eye toward actually writing something that producers can say yes to. So in the process of doing that, sort of learned more about storytelling and more about screenwriting and more about how the dynamics of it work than I ever thought I would or would want to. And before you start telling us exactly how storytelling works, I wanted to do something I haven't done in a very long time. I wanted to do a wing girl minute. So if you keep going on a lot of dates but are not making it to the second date, most likely it's because you're holding back on 
flirting. I get why you don't want to flirt. You don't want to creep her out. You don't want to seem too aggressive. And you certainly don't want to be shut down. So instead, you act polite, reserved, asexual, and have a great conversation, some laughs, and an overall good time. What you don't have is chemistry, a spark, or anything that makes a woman feel Wow, I want to see him again. My advice is to not hold back. Flirt, be playful, touch. It's the only way to make her think, wow, I need to see this guy again. And that's my wing girl minute. Yay. We haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now on to storytelling. Well, it's funny that, you, that yes. you say that because in some ways I feel like part of the solution is in storytelling. Yes, I try to storytell as well for all yes. my episodes. I knew I wanted <laughs> yeah, you to yeah. talk about that, so that's why I chose that way in a minute. Nice. But so continue. Yeah, so why is that important? Well, you know, so often, so I come from an acting background as well. So I started acting when I was 12 years old, right? Oh, wow. I've been in, in movies and TV and all sorts of stuff along the way. Oh, I didn't know and, that about you. Really? That's so no. funny. Uh, yeah, I'm in a ridiculous uh, teen comedy from the 90s. What? Called Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. No, you no you're not. Are you really? I'm looking it up right now. Are you serious? Which yeah. character are you? I just have a small part. Uh, I get small to, part? I get to tell uh, David Duchovny, park at yourself, Metallica breath. I know Do you that. remember that one? <laughs> I do know that part. Do you know how many times I've seen that movie? <laughs> and you've never noticed? No. Well, no I'm I was, sorry. You were was, a little younger. Uh, a lot younger. And but now I'm picturing a face, and, uh, and now I do know. <laughs> That's so funny. But so, so as an actor, one of the things that you learn along the way is, um, is the the... There's a, one of the great acting teachers named Sanford Meisner once said that the most interesting thing about watching people on stage is that real connection between two actors, right? So it's not it, when someone's acting and they're sort of in their head and they're thinking about their performance. It's boring. It's not real. It's 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 disconnected from reality. Right. So the, what's most interesting is watching two people really connect. So the way I'm talking to you right now, I'm I'm looking for your reaction to make sure that what I'm saying is landing, to make sure that what I'm saying is connecting. And I think one of the problems that people get into in any sort of social situation, same with business networking and all that kind of thing, is they're so busy thinking about my end game, what I'm going to get out of it, my performance as it were, that they're not really focused on that other person and what's what they're trying to achieve with that other person. So my sort of idea is that for story, if you focus on storytelling and on either entertaining the person or helping to show some sort of uh, real world change or something that, that is embodied in the nature of story, then it takes your attention off of you. You don't have to focus on you so much. You're more focused on what is the story that I'm telling and how is it landing and is this person responding to it? And if not, you're adjusting and you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're introducing new story elements to change that narrative a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, but how do you, how do you start like, at the base of it? Like, Let's say there's somebody who really doesn't know how to engage with other people. They don't think their stories are interesting or they're not really sure. (laughs) Because we haven't developed a skill. It's a skill. Just like what comedians do. They're constantly working on developing their comedy as well. Like I've seen comedians go up on stage with notes when they're working on their set. Jerry Seinfeld did the same thing. Louis C.K. did the same thing. They work on a joke Mm -hmm. and they try and... It really is just a pad of paper that says the audience is terrible. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's all all it is. Is that imagine really them naked, imagine them naked, imagine <laughs> them But that's naked. the whole thing. Like comedians are there working on that art to finesse that one story to find out like what point gets the audience, what makes them laugh, what doesn't make them laugh. They try a different ending and they try and finesse it. So for somebody right now, like going back to the person who's like, I'm not very interesting, I don't have interesting stories. How, how do they go to the first step 
of telling a story to well, somebody. Well, the first thing to understand is that when you're telling a story, you are taking someone through an experience. So the, the, the thing that, we, that we're often disconnected with when it comes to storytelling is that we think we're trying to entertain that person, but we're really trying to get that person to experience something. If you think about when you go to see a movie or you go to watch a play or you watch a comedian, you, you're, you want to experience an emotion. So if you go to a horror film, you want to get scared. If you're an action film, you want to get excited. If it's a comedy, you want to laugh. If you go to a comedy and you don't laugh, it sucked, right? right? Like that's the test. So have you experienced something what or if, not? What if you say... That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, because if it's not <laughs> from your, uh, for your reaction It's really there, weird because I think I'm so dead inside that I will find something very funny and I just go, oh, that's funny. And I don't laugh. <laughs> I do the same that's thing, too. Episode, There's very yeah, few things. You're dead inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a lot, that's a lot of the episodes, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of times where I do that as well, where I'll go, that was funny. But, like, I don't laugh out loud. But yes. I actually really mean it that that was funny. It's just I've just heard too much comedy. Mm-hmm. Well, but if, you, if, you, if you're truly engaged or something really hits you that, in that resonant place, you're going to laugh. You're not, you're right. not going to intellectually laugh. Because you can, you can respect the comedy quality of a joke, yeah. but not necessarily have right. it resonate with you as funny. So right. there's, a, there's a difference. You can intellectually understand story. Or you can, intel- yeah. you can emotionally engage with the story. And I think that's the key if you're trying to look at... at develop- so you're asking about how, where do you start, basically. Yeah. And and like what the, elements are needed for a story? So story, I think, ultimately boils down to uh, three simple words. Hero, goal, obstacle. Right? There's a character. The character wants something. And something else gets in the way. So if you're thinking about telling a story, there's three other words that are also good as well, which is uh, uh, setup, conflict, and resolution. So it's pretty simple. We might have heard these things before. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to tell a story, understand that you're, you have to start with a setup. You have to set the stage. If you want someone to experience emotionally the story that you're trying to tell them, let's say you're in a situation and you think, oh, I, wanna, I got a great story about this guy or this thing that happened at work that day. You have to first set the stage. You have to create who, you have to establish who that hero is, who the character is, right? You have to then establish what they're trying to get, that goal. And then we have to set up what the obstacle is, what went wrong, what, what fell apart, what, what tragic thing happened. If it's funny, we've got to have humor in there. We've got to see the funny side of it, right? So if you think about sort of uh, being in that social situation where you're going to try to create something on the fly, you could do that just spontaneously on the fly. Just set up a situation. Say, oh my God, the funniest or craziest thing just happened to me or to, you'll never believe Fred. what happened on the way over to Fred, <laughs> right? So, so the first thing you want to do is you want to establish that situation. You want to establish who Fred is. For someone to emotionally engage with that story, we need to care about Fred. What's interesting about Fred? Why do we care about Fred? Oh my God, he's the funniest guy in the world. Or he's, or he's so, he does this thing where he can twist his arm behind his back or something interesting that pulls us into Fred and Fred's world and the situation that you're setting up. Oh, interesting. So the girl on the date would have to be on Fred's side, like see why Fred is valuable or something. Is that what you're Possibly. saying? Possibly. Well, it sort of depends on what your outcome is. So the other aspect of story is that story is all about, at its core, 
something changes in a story. At its core, usually, the, if you're watching a movie, the character is going to change from beginning to end. They're going to go through what's called a character arc. They're going to make some sort of transformation along the way. Something in some situation changes. It could just be something as simple as, you know, an office story where something crazy happened at the office. The office had a moment of levity. So we went from everybody was stiff shirt, and then this thing happened, blah, we all laughed, and now what's changed is it's a lighter atmosphere. So it doesn't have to be... You know, the world has changed or something grandiose like that. But ultimately, but it's really the point of your story changes. that you're saying. Like, I'm telling you this because and this, this is, is what happened. And this is it. So the change ref- ends up reflecting what uh, the meaning of the story is. So every story has a meaning, whether you intend it or not. So if the story, if you don't have, have an intention behind your meaning, well, maybe the wrong idea is going to come across. Right. So ideally... We create a story that means something through watching a character or a situation go through some sort of change. So if you're in that situation, you want to create a story, you want to introduce something like that, you can jump right into it and then sort of as you're going on the fly, think about what has to change, what are the obstacles that are going to come up, what funny little obstacles can happen. You may end up throwing yourself off the deep end a little bit and right. going, and then I got and no ending nothing. to my story, <laughs> right? Because you can't think of what that change ultimately was. Right. Sometimes it'll appear naturally for you. And as you get better at storytelling, then it becomes, you're able to design stories on the fly and you just get an intuitive sense for it. You've probably, I mean, we've all, we've all met people who are just natural storytellers. Oh my God, They yeah. just... <laughs> Bruce Silverman, who was on our show a very long time ago, who I think we actually, I remember him. we talked about he's this, the older, older man, and he was in advertising, you should talk to him. Yeah, I remember him. Um, but he's, he, he created like, um, crazy slogans, like American Express, don't leave home without it. Like he wrote that. Oh, wow. Um, what was the one for... For Jaws 2 that he made. Whatever. He made, like, he's he's a creator of a lot of interesting things. Yeah. Um, I forget what my point of was. But he was a wonderful storyteller. Yeah. I could listen to him tell stories forever and ever and ever. And I didn't never wanted him to stop because every story he told was interesting. I brought my husband out for dinner with him one time. And we both just sat there with our mouths open the entire time. Just, like, mm-hmm. being like, <gasps> and the things he was saying weren't that interesting. It wasn't this elaborate lifestyle that he was talking about. They were just engaging things that he was bringing up. Well, in high school, I was not... Um I didn't have like a group of friends really, but there was a group Can you of believe that. <laughs> yeah, I can't actually. Because everyone loved me, I couldn't decide right. what group to go to. <laughs> uh, these girls, they really liked me and everything, but I wasn't really part of their circle. But at lunchtime, I would go to their table maybe like twice a week or something and tell stories, and they would all just sit there just for me to tell the story. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, it's cute. Like they would say, "Kristen, come here, tell me a story." Yeah, like come sit because I, I got class clown and like. All that, so it was like entertaining, and I would have something to talk. Oh, so about people liked you. You just didn't like other people. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way it should be, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> interesting. So let's say I want to get onto the conversation part, but before we jump off from uh, the storytelling, can we give the people who are listening a base level exercise right now, something that they can do? Like for example, um, let's say they have five stories right now that they, or something, five interesting things about them. Um, if they were to create, and you could give like the elements that they need to think of for each and every story, which we've you've given in this podcast, but also now just to lay it out as, as the, the three top things, um, and they could create 
stories around those five interesting things about them so that if they get stuck in conversation, they could lean on those. Well, okay, so so what I would say in that situation be would be try to come up with maybe five different stories around those five different interesting things. Okay. So, uh, and maybe have some variety to those stories. So if you... It, Give me an example of what one of the five things might be. Um, like if they say that in their lives they work as an IT specialist okay. for Dell. So that's a relatively mundane thing. So the the problem a lot of people are going to probably get into is that you want to or need to or feel the urge to convey that information, but it's really just data. So it's like... If you sit down and start talking to somebody and you're trying to get to know that person and you're just giving data, giving data, giving data, it's so boring. It's like, imagine you're at, 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 a work, at work and you're watching some presentation and the guy's going, flow chart, I work with Bordell. I am five <laughs> right. feet tall. I am, you know, like, it's like it's a robot. He's five feet tall. Right. He works for a computer company. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you're, but, the, but the, the thing is that that is not there's, – there's nothing emotional about that. There's nothing that connects you with the other person through data alone. The only way, way you c- connect to another person emotionally is through the story behind the, emotion, the, behind the data. He ended up working for Dell because his parents were um, refugees to this country and his dad swam and I, he had a dream for me to work with computers. I want to know this guy. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. I'm five foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't know. <laughs> well, no, but we talk all the time about so how women need to feel you. I used to be you. six foot tall. Now I'm five foot tall. Let me tell, tell you me story. Let me tell you that, that story. Exactly. But you know, you could actually do that. You could, you could create a, a fun little anecdote around it to sort of make light of what you perceive as your own shortcomings. Sorry. Right. A little pun there. That's but, okay. <laughs> right. So, so we're all different. Like we all look different. We're all different sizes and shapes and speak differently and all that sort of thing. So there's no right or wrong in any of it. You are what you are and that's who you are. So and that's if, unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if you're you, stuck in your screw. <laughs> if you can, if you can find the fun in it, you can find the joy in it and you can express that, you can still connect with other people. Like, I'm sure you guys have short friends, right? <laughs> well, I'm I short. Think we are, I think we are the friends. short friends, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Although, where we are right now, Rena, my neighbor, who's the divorced one, uh, she is shorter than me, and that makes me feel very good. <laughs> <laughs> so she's three foot... Four? Four foot 11. Wow. That's tiny. That is, that yeah, is yeah that's tiny. But so if you can, so at the end of the day, if you're four foot 11, you're four foot 11, you know, what are you going to do about that? So you may as well just have fun with Danny DeVito made a hell of a career out of yeah. being a short guy. So there's, you know, who wouldn't want to meet and get to know Danny DeVito, right? Like he I just would. seems like the most fun guy in the world. And he has a tequila brand. Danny. Wow. Oh no, now, he doesn't. What is his brand? What is I feel his like brand? his name should be Danny Three Fido. Exactly, see? Right. We did the Lemoncello. He made a Lemoncello because there was this one time where he was drunk on some talk show because he had had shots of Lemoncello and then there, it took off and it was viral, oh. this video of him. So he's like, all right, let's make a Lemoncello brand. That's awesome. I mean, he's smart. And a reason to go to Italy. So, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so then how, how would you finesse that story? Like, how would you get well, that across to a woman without feeling, so it's self-deprecating, but without feeling like, I'm trying to call attention to this so that you don't make fun of me. Okay, so, well, that actually brings up a a sort of secondary idea, which is all stories are more about the audience than they are about the storyteller. Then I quit stories. (laughs) It's like, I want it to be me. All about you, obviously. (laughs) Bye forever. She's that actor who's focusing (laughs) on herself. 
but you're focusing on yourself in order to get win the approval of the audience. Very true. See, there Very you go. See. So ultimately, it's about if you can if you can make the audience laugh, you can make the audience uh, engaged in your story. Then it's it, it's going to connect. That's how the emotional connection is going to happen. So um, so so what you need to do is when you're designing stories or when you're telling stories, when you're thinking about story and how to use story, it's not all about you and all about how you're telling the story. It's more about how it's connecting. So what as someone who's been looking for screenplays for 20 years um, and found very few that are actually viable, uh, you, you, you start to recognize pretty quickly that the, those people writing don't really care about what my needs are. Right. So it's not something that I can then do anything with. Similarly, when you're in a social situation, you're talking to somebody and they're, <laughs> you're, if you're just trying to impose a story onto someone, you're going to get the same reaction you do when you tell them that you work for Dell in IT, right? Like it's, it's, it's not, they haven't welcomed that idea in, so they're, you're, they're not going to be a receptive audience. So you have to determine whether they're being a receptive audience and figure out how to find what that receptive, the way in, basically, Right. So which comes back in some ways to the acting exercises more, which is more about looking at people and understanding and seeing who they are and what they're what they're responding to. If you start telling a story and people just they they put up that wall and like, okay, funny boy, entertain me, you know, guess what? Your story is not going to land. Right. So how do you break through that wall first? That becomes the first thing. Right. It's more important to sidestep the story a little bit or make a tell a detail of the story that breaks through that wall. Okay, interesting. Which is wonderful because that leads into conversation, right? So how... So this is what we were talking about at the wedding. How do you... Because I'm... Him and Jessica honestly like made friends with everybody after one night and we're working the room like crazy and having a blast with everybody. Alcohol helps. Well, the, yes, that is for sure. So that is one element for sure. Add alcohol, lemoncello yeah. for everybody. There you go. Um, Definitely. Do but that. I think naturally you would have done that anyway. Like you would have been fine having well, conversations. So what? What we? Because we talked about it there. Um, how do you break into conversation with anybody and read your audience? Well, you have to. First of all, you have to see if if someone's open to it. So you're not, probably not going to launch straight into a story right away. You're you're going to the first thing that you want to do. Go back to that acting exercise. Is you know, look at the other person. Look at the if the, if it's a group of people together. You don't want to just walk in and start telling the story. Although maybe that's effective if the energy of the group is dead. That would actually can... be kind of a funny character, like the guy who just walks in and he's like tells a story. Like, hey, so anyway, and no one was ready. That's for what the you story. did at the lunch table. No, I was invited, and they wanted me to come over and tell a story. I didn't just like walk into a random party and start telling a story. Like, hey, really did you hear the one about the guy who? <laughs> exactly. Well, so the challenge is there's no one right way to do it, right? You can't say in all situations, here's what you do. First, you have to read the audience and make sure that you're going to tell a story that connects with that audience. And then once you sort of do that, you can throw out a cute little anecdote or a funny little detail or something that, again, is setting up your story. So if you can, don't think in terms of telling the whole story right away. 
Think in terms initially of setting up the story. So you set up the story with maybe a funny little joke or something that's like uh, an icebreaker or something that uh, some detail that you think this particular group or this particular person would respond to in this situation. If you then get a response, hey, I'm going to parlay this into a setup of a wider story. Oh, my God. And then this happened. And you keep building and building upon it, right? I think it would be really generous of people aware that maybe someone doesn't know how to break into a story and help like pull them into their story or something. I was home recently and um, I was at a funeral. My great uncle had died and his son-in-law was there and I... I know he follows me on Twitter and he like listens to my, po- he like, he likes what I do. Um, but I could tell he didn't really have, didn't know what, what to say. And I noticed he was missing the tip of his pointer finger oh. and it was kind of moment of silence. And so most people I think would be uncomfortable to say like, what happened to your finger? But I was just like, what happened to your finger? And then all of a sudden he broke into a story and he could tell right. the story of what happened to his finger. And it was very interesting. But I felt like he was nervous, and I wanted to like guide him into like something yeah. to talk about. Well, that's interesting because that is something. And you I could think do when losing you a, a finger might be worth it <laughs> because you constantly have an icebreaker. <laughs> constantly, it, well, somebody never... else has an icebreaker, and you could use that story too. But even on the flip side, no. But I'm saying, if you're insecure like, about it, you could say, like, do you want to know how I lost this finger? Yeah, no, it'd be a great. I, I mean, I'm thinking about cutting off a finger. I think yeah. I'd always have. I'd, I'd have an in. I think you yeah, might want to think about that a well, little it's bit. But... Kind of like the modern day <laughs> smoking. You know, smoking. Do it left hand. It's fine. I know. Really I'm well. so uncoordinated on my left; it doesn't even matter. Yeah, like per pinky. Who needs that finger? Yeah. It pointless is kind of finger. cute. It's cute. It's cute, but point evens out the hand. It would look kind of weird like that. Okay, yeah. so maybe that one. Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, <laughs> but that's my nose picking finger. That is. Oh. I'm coordinated with either <laughs> with either arm for my nose picking. There you go. Mm-hmm. Then you only need one of them, so it's fine. No, I do it twice at the same oh, time. I go efficient. double double. She's fishing. efficient. Wow. Look at that. I can't there, wait to see you are, at a stoplight. There are so many stories in, in <laughs> yeah, just that little bit. But it's a great it's a great example, and it's a, it's a great example of how you could do it. So obviously, not everybody you meet is going to be missing part of a finger, but um, everybody's going to have something, right? There's always going to be something about that person, or about that situation, or about the room you're in, or about the city you're in, or about maybe politics might be a little questionable to go into. Yeah, you never but, know. It depends what room you're in. But that's exactly it depends on what room you're in. So so you can so if you can. Ultimately, if you get good at the art of storytelling, you're going to be able to pick up little cues in whatever situation you're in and launch into a story in that way. If you ever watch the old uh, interviews or something with Robin Williams and you can see how his mind just goes here and then it goes there and it goes there and it goes there. And it was like, that's the, that's the connection you want to do. You, want, you always want to be looking for connections. You always want to be looking for interesting details. You always want to be looking for what's interesting in life. And then you can ask yourself, how did it get this? way or where's it going to go from here so there's sort of a sort of fundamental principle of storytelling that I sort of tapped into along the way which is I didn't tap into it initially but I realized that it's sort of the core of everything which is setup and payoff so everything ultimately my whole thing is that everything absolutely everything is setup or payoff or both so it's paying off one thing and setting up another so if you think about all the movies that you see Every single detail in that movie is either a setup for something or a payoff for something or serving both functions in some way, right? Or maybe 
nudging something along. So something's set up, you need a little bit of a nudge, and then it gets paid off in a bigger way later, right? So everything becomes that. So if you think, if you want something really sort of simple to do at the beginning, if you start looking at everything in your world as set up or payoff or both, then you can start to go, okay, if this is the payoff, what set this up? There's a story of how it got from setup to payoff. What's the hero goal obstacle? What's the setup conflict resolution that led to this thing becoming what it is, whatever's in front of you. It's the, you know, the, 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 the candle on the table in front of you, yeah. right? So it can be anything. So, or it could be something about that person or something about that business or yeah, it's, it's giving it those be. things context. You're saying like where Absolutely. those things came from, how they got me. There's, there's an interesting story behind everything yeah. that exists. Even if you're in a room that's like four white walls and a white ceiling, like that's interesting. Why, why is it empty in here? You know, like there's an interesting <laughs> right. story behind that. Yeah, or That's some there. detail of it, right? So, so it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. Nothing fits into a box, particularly with storytelling. It's really just about engaging the other person, and so you engage the other person through taking them on a journey, an emotional journey, preferably, or something funny, or something scary, or surprising, or whatever it might be. You take them on that journey. That's going to pull them in. That's going to engage them. And you break the ice and you have fun and the person will, rem- it, they won't remember you as a detail person. They're not going to remember the Dell IT guy, right? It's not about, oh God, that guy was so boring. You, I was listening to one of your podcasts uh, the other day, like going, what is the show that I'm going to talk right, about? Right, exactly. Right? What's morning going to make me talk about? Yeah. And, 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 and there was a guy and he was talking about how one of, it was, I think it was a recent episode, the guy was talking about how uh, he, one of his friends was like an Indiana Jones type of person and he had the most interesting life in the world, but the guy was so boring. He didn't say anything interesting about that the person. Indi- the, that guy. I don't know. Was the guy on the show as a guest no. who was boring, or he no, was just no, saying he was that ta- about? He was yeah. talking about this guy that he had known. But then there was another guy at the same place that he was at, or whatever, who had a mundane life, kind of a bland person, but so engaging. And so I think it was answering a question about, you know, right. what if you're not good looking enough or something like that, right? So it's like, or what if you're not an interesting person or you live at home with your mother or whatever, something yeah, like yeah, that, right? Yeah. So it's like, at the end of the day, anybody can be interesting. You just, if you can master that art of if storytelling. If standards are low enough, you can definitely be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the thing. We are in Los Angeles, so our threshold and our desire for great storytelling is very different compared to other people mainly. Yeah, but Maybe. I yeah, I, but I do imagine I just instantly picture where I'm from, and I'm from a small town. But you know, all those people can have interesting stories too, Absolutely. and and almost may, maybe be more colorful because they're not trying to fit into you know some sort of right. you know maybe they're their own person living in the middle of nowhere. Honestly, know? the reality is absolutely everyone has extraordinary stories, but extraordinary stories too. Just because they, they don't know how to tell them, right? right. Be- they don't know how to tell them, but that doesn't mean there's you can I can tell you the most mundane story of me walking up the up the alley to get here right like the actually the drive do that show me two different versions of no. your walk from the car to back here right so i pull up and uh there's like uh, uh whatever that is going on road, in the street road yeah, works like going on in the street so i went up to the front door and uh, and then I looked at your text, and then I realized, oh, I'm supposed to go around the back. So I go around the back, and oh, there you were, and I came in. Okay, exciting. Was that cool or that what? Was horrible. So can I make the story more exciting? <laughs> please do. Okay, so I pulled up, and I noticed that there were uh, trucks in the middle of the road, and a do not drive through sign or whatever. And as I got closer, I smelled the smell of gas. Oh. 
And I noticed that the truck said gas company. But I truly have a actual fear of being in a gas explosion. <laughs> and I am not messing with you because... She's like, podcast canceled today. My <laughs> dad... Yeah, I was like, sweet, explosion. <laughs> yes, 20 dead people. I don't care. I don't have to podcast. Um, but my dad knew a lady back in like the 80s or something. She was this little old lady who lived alone. There was a gas leak. She lit a, <gasps> she lit a match. Her whole house exploded. Oh. And she was fried up like a, like a chicken wing. Oh so anyway, that's what I was afraid of on my way over here. But I survived, unfortunately. See, that's an interesting but see, story. But yeah, this is why the girls in my high school would call me over. Because I could like, find a way. Come here, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> come tell us how you want to die. Yeah. <laughs> tell us all your fears yeah. about death, exactly. But so like, what's well, happening I've got there. a lot. So what's happening there? All you're doing is adding a bit more of context. You're also one of the things that you're doing is you're making it personal. You're you're saying how you felt about the situation or the fear that you had. Or so you, what you're doing is, and you would know this from from screenwriting. You you're raising the stakes, right? So it's not if it's just the story of me walking up. Oh, I had the wrong. I got to got to go around the back. There's nothing at stake here. But if it's like. Okay, so I pull up in my car. I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm like five minutes late now. I I don't know. I didn't know you guys can be a little bit flexible on your start time. So I'm thinking, she said 10:30. I'm gonna be here at 10:30. I pull up. These guys are they're doing roadworks. I can't even get to the house. And then I go scroll through which text. Where where is she? I can't find it. I find your text. You say go to a different address. I'm like, oh my god. Now I gotta go to some other address. Oh, okay. It's only a few blocks, a few houses away or whatever it is. So it's okay. So I go up, I'm about to knock on the door. There's spider webs and cobwebs all over the place because it's Halloween. It's all decorated. And then it's like, I'm about to knock on the door. And I notice it says, no, 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 go around the back. Oh my God. I was about to like wake up some baby or, or cause this person to freak out. And as I'm going around the back, I smell the gas too. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And then I, I put out my cigarette, mm-hmm. which I don't really smoke, but yeah. I do. Yeah. And I had it blows a cigarette it up. And then I have the coolest thing in the world, which is I'm walking to the podcast with the explosion exactly. behind me. And I'm yep. coming out like an action yeah. hero. Like and then that. I went, right? So yeah. my but point is. But there's way is, to pull in elements all the time. So like, <laughs> that's what your point is, is that there's all always a way to make it more but it's interesting. interesting because what you added in was the cigarette and right. so that all of a sudden because there's gas okay there's gas all the time but when you add in a cigarette all of a sudden it's like whoa what's going to happen now because we know that creates danger and so when you're storytelling i guess thinking of things that you know added in that extra element like well the other setup. thing that i tried to do which is arguable how good that actually was so <laughs> he's I'm like an, i did a lot of other things besides add in a cigarette i'm an <laughs> expert here no so the, but the other thing that i tried to do was make it visually entertaining for you obviously i didn't blow up the gas well, truck I could, outside but i right? could feel well, the could stress feel and the anxiety that you were going through exactly yeah. so that but so first of all by setting up that i was running late which by the way i was not Okay, I was here on time. Yeah, you got here at ten twenty-seven, like when you walked through. Because I, right. I looked at the clock and I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> She's hoping you would be late. I, she was hoping the podcast would be canceled right. because I exploded, and she was hoping that you would be late. But so, but so by telling the story in a way where I was running late, all of a sudden the stakes are up, and you guys were both going, "Oh!" And then what happened? I could see in your eyes, like, "Tell me." What happens next? What happens next? And that's really the key to good storytelling is you want the other person to be looking at you and wanting to know what happens next. It's it's how a good screenplay works. If I'm reading a screenplay and I don't really care what happens next, you know what's going to happen? What's going to happen next? I'm going to put that screenplay away. So similarly, when you're telling a story in a a real-world situation, all you want to be doing is 
teasing along that information and sort of giving little bits and pieces. I go into my emotional state. I go into my fears. I go into my anxieties, but I do it in a way that's designed to entertain you or designed to make you go, and then what? And then what? Because if you're saying, and then what? You're, you're in. You're there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally yeah. does. One more question, then I want to answer a question from sure. um, our listeners. When we were at the wedding, I was talking to you about um, what do you do if you're talking to somebody that's shy? And you had a really good answer for that. I forget what it was. Their I forget. No, because it was what like was when you're in a conversation with somebody that's shy and they're not really giving back to you, how do you either do tone down your approach? Do you turn up your approach? Like, let's say take it in, in, the, in the dating context okay. of like wanting to date a girl and you're talking to a girl that is shy and you're this like grand storyteller and she's sort of shy. How do you first recognize that she's shy and not being cold? And then how do you adjust or do you adjust? I don't remember this question. I know. You did have a couple of glasses of wine when I was asking you this did, question. Yeah. But it was a good answer and I forget what you said. Well, I wish I had, <laughs> I I wish I had that know. answer because yeah. I'm not sure what that answer was. <laughs> I know. But, so uh, what I would say now would be if you... so. That sort of goes back to an acting thing where it's really about right. what's going on with that person. So he, here's the thing. That story I just told you where it ends up in an explosion or whatever, you guys are animated. You guys have sort of this energy going. If you're talking to somebody who's shy, for example, the chances are they don't want to call attention to themselves. They're shy by nature. They don't want to be the center of, of the thing. So they don't want you standing next to them telling some huge story that's going to put them in the spotlight that they don't want to be in. So you always have to recognize who your audience is. You always have to get, you always have to sense who they are, what they're about, what they're, what they're feeling in that moment and then adjust accordingly. But would there be benefit to the the approach I would take if someone was really shy is to kind of try to shake them, be as comfortable with myself as possible, which means maybe being overboard a little bit and busting their balls to kind of get them to come out of their shell, but like not in an aggressive way. Well, so you're speaking as a female who would be talking to a shy male. So yes, possibly I would say so, because it would be a guy would be sort of maybe more self-aware when you start busting his balls about it, right? Whereas if it's a guy talking to a woman, you don't want to bust the girl's balls, right? Like you want to, what you really want to do is maybe deflect attention. So rather than making it about her or her shyness or that the awkwardness of that potential interaction, turn the attention out here. So instead of telling the story... like, of course she's shy. She has balls. She had a hard life growing up with balls. Well, that's why she's shy. So, (laughs) but so if you, so rather than telling a story that makes her part of the story or that's really all about entertaining her. What you can do is you can turn away and you can tell a story out here to the to the, the sort of space or the group or something over here that the two of you are participating in. That are the two of you are watching. See, I like that. So that way you're that way she's on your team. Yeah. You guys are on the same side, and you're both. And it's a we. You're, it's a we, and you're both entertain. You're both being entertained by the story, as opposed to one of you being storyteller, one of you being story listener. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That was a good response. I think it was very similar to what you said. <laughs> I like turning it onto other people, taking attention off of yourself. Or putting it onto you, but definitely taking it off of, of that shy person to ease people into a conversation. It's important. It, yeah. It's really important. I wanted to ask one question from our listeners, and then we are going to wrap up our show. Um, I recently went to a local festival with a woman I met online. I thought we had a really great time. We laid back in the grass together talking about random topics and future technology. We, to- talk- we did this, damn it, God damn Because I remember the future technology. 
I love future technology. Yeah, I'm all a, into that. I did a TED Talk. But I wonder if it was one that we didn't... <laughs> no, we, we, we recorded this at, uh, Play, at Playboy. What? Or something. We did it a long time no ago. No freaking way. No, not at Playboy, but we did do it. Oh, we... Oh. Was it with Goldie? It was with Goldie. Yeah, so then there we go. Okay, we didn't... All we right. Didn't, I, I you have not show. heard this one because mm-hmm, sorry. Kristen lost the episode. Yeah, it was well, really freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um, towards I the end of the date, she told me, after Future Technology, towards the end of the date, she told me she almost didn't show up, which threw me off. She said, I was just going to walk around, and if we ran into each other, then it was meant to be. That, the next day, she texted me first saying she had a great time. I took that as an opportunity to invite her to dinner with my friends and his wife. When the day came, she texted me saying she was excited to see me cook, but uh, when the dinner came, I received a long text from her saying how work held her up and she would be a while before she got to us. I texted her saying we weren't in a rush and for her to get here when she could, but she never responded and didn't show up. Do you think hanging out with a married couple threw her off or does it go back to the I almost didn't show up remark? Should I try reaching out or just move on? It sucks because I had the best time with her out of all my recent dates. Thanks, Nick. You're like, what's the question? Um, So basically, she flaked on him twice. So the first time that... uh, So what happened? So I missed the beginning part. Oh, yeah. Sorry, because we interrupted. I recently went to a local festival with a woman I met online. I thought we had a really great time. We laid back in the grass together talking about random topics and future technology. (laughs) Towards the end of the date, she told me she almost didn't show up, which threw me off, which a lot of girls do. And, And listen... I almost never show up for my podcast or my coaching mm-hmm. sessions. Like each time I'm like, I hope this person cancels because there's like this pressure, right? Of so I, I have to perform. <laughs> Every time I'm like, I hope they don't show up because then you're like, okay, you don't have to perform. And then, you know, you're evaluating how you do. And ultimately you always end up having a really good time. But on a date as well, like certain dates that I went on, I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't show up because then the pressure is there of it actually becoming, really becoming something. Anyway, so she said she almost didn't throw up Throw up. Show up. She did. She, did. she almost threw yeah. up. She saw you. Took one look. She, <laughs> she said, "I was just going to walk around, and if we ran into each other, then it was meant to be." That's a little hippy dippy ish. But um, the next day, she texted me first saying she had a great time. I took it at, that as an opportunity to invite her to dinner. I'm sorry, but she wouldn't do that with a million dollars. She wouldn't like just leave a million dollars aside and be like, "Well, if I walked, you know, if I had yeah, to exactly. walk past it, then it's mine it's to keep." To yeah. No, you're gonna go that's, right for to it. To me, that's just like she didn't want to have anything to do with him, and then. Last minute, I was like, ah, whatever. I guess yeah, I exactly. To. And then yeah. she seemed to enjoy herself. So the next day, she texted me first saying she had a great time. I took that as an opportunity to invite her to dinner with my friend and his wife. When the day came, she texted me saying she was excited to see me cook. But when the dinner came, I received a long test text from her saying she was held up at work. Um, and she would be a while before she got to us. I texted her saying we weren't in a rush. And for her to get here when she could, but she never responded and didn't show up. Do you think hanging out with a married couple threw her off? Or does it go back to the I almost didn't show up remark? Should I try reaching out or just move on? It sucks because I had the best time with her out of all my most recent dates. Nick. Well, so so really all that's happened here is they met at a festival and laid, and laid down and, and were chatting. Talking and about future technology. Having, talking about robots, right. Which is... Great, I love this kinds of conversation. Yeah. So, uh, but then nothing else ultimately happened after that. So you have. Well, to she followed of, up and she said I had a great time. She did, but yeah. that's also a politeness thing. So we, you can't necessarily read into that 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 was, hey, I want to do this again. 
Like, well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Because, listen. I, I, I've done that. Where I'm like, okay, that was, he was a nice guy. Like, yeah. yeah, I liked him. But I wasn't like, I want to go out with that guy again. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, think we, I don't think we know from that letter if it was... If it was um, well, she agreed it, to go out with him again. she agreed out of, like, politeness. And then once it came... But did she agree, like, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that at some point? Or did she agree, like, yes, I will be there you on that the day? You the same... Email as me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they had a set day. I, 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 I know. I know. I'm kidding. Yeah, maybe we're here well, and everything. Okay, so... Mm, it's okay, a hard so she one. she flaked on the second one, but she was there for the... F- she, but, and so so he, she said yes to the second date. Right. She almost flaked on the first one. She flaked on the second one. That means she's not that into you. Move on. Well, my, my general really? sense... Really? What about the couple? He, listen, I think that's a little bit much to say after, you know, you have a one conversation about future technology to say, okay, come and hang out with my couple friend. Depending on how the first date went. To be honest, for her, for her to say something like, I almost didn't show up, and it's like, I'm glad I came, like to her, for her to reveal that to him, I feel like there was some sort of connection between the two of them. They were in some way having a good time, and in some way saying, I almost didn't show up, is like a, I'm glad I did sort of comment, yeah. that I'm enjoying myself. Whether or not she did the next morning afterwards and walked away thinking, yeah, that's like a good friend that we could like, you know, go shoe shopping together versus I want him inside me. That's a very different feeling well, to have the next day. in the moment say, hey, I'm so glad we did this. And then the next morning be like, well, that was fun, but whatever. And right. move on. But then I think that most likely if she didn't really have fun, I don't know what the text message was to him right. to say thank you, but I find it kind of find it weird that she did reach out and then she agreed to a second but date you look, with him. You, know, you have no idea what else is going on in this woman's right. life. Maybe yes. she, maybe she was on a on a break with, from somebody, right? And then yes. that person called her the next day in For between sure. the time of the dinner, For, right? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. Right. So, look, my my sense of it is that at the end of the day, we're I, I always think of it like we're on roller coasters, right? We're we're you're on your track and it's going around and it's twisting and it's turning and whatever. I'm on my track, it's around twisting and turning, whatever. At some point, they may come together. And you're riding alongside each other through twists and turns in like a dual track situation. If at some point they split again, they split. That's life. Like, don't I think there's something that happened that. here. So he's saying, how do I get this girl back and go for another shot? So I think that it possibly could have been having her come and hang out with a married couple. Do you think that's a... Th- well, so Depending th- I, I on what there's enough connection information was. here to know for sure because that may just be his hang-up. Like, that may just be something that he's like, I can't figure out any reason why this happened. Maybe it's this thing. Right, but the thing Which, is, is that he's saying, that I've gotten thing? along better with her than most of my dates. I want to go after this one more time. I want to ask her out again. What if, because I remember our answer before about this was, it was focusing on the fact that he did invite her to go out. Yeah. So like, what would that do to you? So if you weren't like so sure about a guy, but you kind of liked him and for your second date, he said, yeah, come over to like an intimate dinner with my two best friends. Like she already felt pressure to go on that first date and nervousness. Like that's even an even higher pressure situation. If I was really, really into him. I would be okay. I would say yes. Yes. But if I was on the fence about him, I, it would make me uncomfortable, and I'd say no. Yeah. Or, it would be, or you or probably, or you probably wouldn't show up. You'd yeah. find a way to get out. Well, of it, then, it then goes back to like what you do on a first date. On a first date, you're going to go to some public place. You're going to make sure she's comfortable the whole time. You're going to make sure that she's never alone by herself and like freaking out like who is this guy, right? So second sort of situation since their first was this kind of just talky, heady sort of 
festival-y sort of environment. You probably, again, want it to be just the two of us in some sort of public safe space, but it's now a little bit more intimate, but not. Yeah, yeah you're right. Go, going straight yeah. into like a couple's Well, night maybe she was walking around the building outside waiting for him to like walk out and bump into him. <laughs> like that seems to be her thing. So I, I, I do think sure. that for Sam, from this, I think that that was a little bit too overwhelming for her. I think that could be a factor. I don't, I, I, I would. Right, I, but, I but as Kristen said, totally... like there wasn't that strong of a right. connection. But there was, there could have been something there. So for, so to not. That's the thing. I don't want to like tell people like cut, cut this. Like don't do these things that you want to do because if you make this choice, you're going to lose it. Or if you make, but like, can I bring it back to story a yeah. little bit? So imagine you have, so I said the story is all about change, right? So the character starts one way, goes through the series of events and changes in some way. The thing that is totally unbelievable in a story is when they're going through, going through, going through, and then suddenly bang, instant change. Like it's not believable. We have to see the change in increments, right? So we need to see a little bit of a change. Up, oh, nope. the, then we see some problem with that. We see a little bit more change. A little problem with that. That's why we have obstacles in a story. So as you overcome obstacles, you incrementally change. It's going to be the same thing with building a bond with another person. You're going to have to incrementally build that bond. You don't want to go from, hey, we just met, to let's get married, right? You don't want, or even for them to feel that uh-oh, that's what this next step is going to be. So if you're, going to, if you're not going to incrementally build that relationship, then you, you ultimately potentially can see that relationship fall apart because, oh, it went too fast, or, oh, he rushed me into it, or whatever, right? Yeah. So do you think that if he were to say to this girl... Like, so, so like, what, like my, like, what did we say the last time? I forget. So, we had a really good answer for this one. It was like, my bad. Like, you know, I realized. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. It, yeah, it was basically like, hey, I'm self-aware enough to know that that was probably a little too heavy, but I'd still love to go grab a coffee with you. And see yeah, you like to invite you to hang out with like my... At the end of the day, why not? Like that's, yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, there's no, you, it's not saying that that's going to get her back, but just no. even announcing that, that maybe that was yeah. the issue for her. It could have her go, oh, okay, he sees me, he gets me, okay. I wonder also a little bit of people that, like guys maybe don't think this stuff too much through, right? Like I know that. Are you it's, kidding? This uh, is my whole business. Well, they they, no, no, they no, definitely think it through. But, but on some level, like try it. Like what it, yeah. what what harm some, is there going to be? Sometimes when you're overzealous or you're yeah. excited, or you know you're not looking at it through a clear lens, you're like, oh, I really like this girl. She should come over with my sure. friends. You Look, know? So I've been there too, so yes. I understand. So but, you're getting excited, or they're like, I want to see her, and I have plans with these people. Why don't I just combine the two of them? It's not like, and then you're not thinking anything of it. You didn't interpret that it was going to be this couple's thing. Yeah. You just sort of did it because you thought it'd be fun, and then oh crap, I've just done this whole couple's thing. Yeah. So yeah, there's. I would say from a from a self aware moving forward sort of angle, think incremental. Don't think like always Grand. consider consider what you're asking of the person and make sure you're not making that huge leap. That would be my that would be my read on it. Perfect. And yeah. that is a but, perfect place to end. But go for it. Yes, but go for it. Every yes. time go for always. it. Why not? Yeah. But if you uh, want to learn how to say things correctly, then keep listening to our show so that we can give you the right language for everything. I definitely want to create a program with you about how to 
tell stories because I think that is very important for people. And we'll talk about it once we stop recording this. But Jeff, thank you so much for, for coming onto the show. Tell people how they can find out more information about you. Uh, you can find out more information about me through Fast Screenplay, probably is is what I'm known most for. But we also started a thing in Australia called uh, Success Story, where we're, we teach story to business and sort of how to apply story in the business arena to help get people on the same page and and also how to tell stories. So I have a whole program, by the way, uh, speaking of which, of helping people understand how to find stories and shape stories and develop stories. And we do that through successstory.com.au. Uh, I love that. So, I love that. Yeah. Well, so if you're in Australia, mm-hmm. then you can definitely check it out. But I'm sure we, people uh, over here could check absolutely. it out too, right? Yeah. Well, so it's successstory.com, successstory.info as well. So, okay. uh, so that'll be sort of the more global version of it. We That's started cool. in Australia. We're going to expand it. Okay. I love that. And Kristen, what else is coming up for you? Just check me out on my other podcast, Mentally Chill, and you can just find it on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You can check me out whenever you want um, and just stand outside my window. Um, or you can go to winggirlmethod.com, but keep, whis- keep listening. Keep listening to the Ask Women podcast. New episodes of our podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please don't be a loser and download each individual episode. Go press subscribe, get them automatically so that you can enjoy your rides to work or any boring time of your life by listening to Kristen and I and our special guests. Uh, you guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. 